This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. Oh, Dave, a special hello mm-hmm. to all of our GFOPs today in Chapel Hill. Yeah. I feel your pain. Sad nap. Pain of losing. Congratulations, Villanovan GFOPs. Yeah. Yeah. At SWiley15 tweeted in to find out what do you call it when an entire town sad naps? Because that's what's happening today in Chapel Hill. Yeah. And across the great state of North Carolina. Yeah. It's called life, Swiley. It is. It's called life. The pain of stinging loss, which no future will ever erase. Let me tell you that now. It's character building. Yeah. It was a fantastic end to that game, Rog. Yes. It was exciting, exciting action. It was oh, a when, little when, bit match fixing. When Balotelli fed the ball through no, to no, 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 different. lashed it home. <laughs> the different game, Sir Rog. Alex on the field with his players thinking they'd won it all. Uh, yeah. We done it again. Yeah. The three-pointer tied the game. Oh, excellent, excellent stuff. These are just kids as well, Rog. These, these are just little Marcus Rashfords yeah. and Deli Ali's. What I like to think, Amazing. Dave, some of those kids just had the greatest moment of their life last mm-hmm. night. Their life will never be as good as it was. Why would you focus on that? I that is the darkest, that. most depressing way to view it. They'll always have that. Yeah, but life will never be that good again. <laughs> For some of them, some of them it will. Yeah. I find that very interesting. I always think about the high school quarterback yeah. who won the big crosstown rivalry game uh-huh. and is now stocking shelves in the local supermarket. Yeah. Life's got an amazing art. I, I was you never con- know if you've just had that. I could have just had that happiest moment today. I haven't because it's yeah. been a miserable day. But okay. I done. But that could have been your happiest. For you, a miserable day, not a bad day. Not a bad day. It's only been a miserable day. It hasn't been an appallingly miserable day. Very Talking about true. life, David. Yeah. As we just were. Yeah. My 50th birthday present finally arrived for you. It did. Yeah. It's a wonderful. It's, it's my favourite of all my 50th birthday gifts. <sighs> By the way, because none of my family or friends listen to this, didn't get as many gifts as I thought <laughs> I would for my 50th birthday. Just want to make that very clear. Anyway, of all... just. There's a bigger deal for me, clearly, than it was. One never does. Yeah. One never does. Normally, on a big event, one of the first presents you get is from Mm -hmm. someone completely unexpected, a distant, distant, distant friend, an incredibly generous one. And you Uh think, wow, if that person is an outlier and they've just got me that, then everyone I know, the other side of that is going to get me an amazing amount of gifts. Yeah. But it never happens. Yeah. I must say, Andy Cohen gave me... What was until I received your gift? Andy Cohen bought me these beautiful uh, cufflinks, beautiful cufflinks that he had made, just gorgeous. Uh, but Describe Rog, what I got you. this it's a uh, it's it's a wine goblet. Yes, Rog, large. It is a goblet, isn't it? Yeah, it would take. It would normally for mead, I think, in the fifteenth yeah. century. Um, it's for Malbec. Yeah, it is for Malbec. I asked, I asked the person behind the counter, I said, can I get a Malbec glass? Oh, it's a big, big Malbec it's glass. Two, it's like a two-handed broadsword of a wine glass. It would take a whole bottle in it, one of the big ones. A Jeroboam it would take right in that Malbec glass. Um, and it has a line halfway up. And the line at the, at the bottom says, Davo. And then on the top bit, it says, Rog, because... And it took me a while to get it. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm dim. But very clever, Rog. It's because for me, that's my approach. You, always half empty. Always. Always half empty. You know, the birthday present was late. 
Yeah. Because I had to have a second glass yeah. made, David. By the way, it's engraved if you're trying to mentally picture this at home. Yeah. In the most garish font I could find. I think it's called Chaucer. But the first cup, I had my name on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Rog, such a bottom feeder's name. And Devo, I had you soaring high above the line, flying mm-hmm. aspirationally. But as I was wrapping it, I realized yeah. I mentally pictured the glass full with Malbec. And I realized it would be the Rog that would be half full. The wine would be covering it. And the Devo would just be floating in air. So I had to go back to bloody Tiffany's yeah. and have them make another one. Michael Davis, may your glass always be forever half full. Because mine will definitely be permanently disappointed, bordering on embittered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've known you for quite a long time now, Rog. I'd say that's fairly accurate. Anyway, it's a beautiful gift. I loved it. Talking, talking of glass half full, can I just mention this very quickly? I know this is boring. Is this the Golf Channel? No. The Spanish Golf Channel? Lady Chairman, my horse, won this weekend, Rog. Won. Fourth race. Has shown no interest whatsoever in racing against other horses. Me and my mate George Ward, my muse, we had talked about whether or not we needed to find some alternative method of employment for this horse, because clearly, could she become an accountant? Could she perhaps operate an ice cream van, do something else other than race horses, which clearly she didn't really want to do? Just backstory, one little iota. Yeah. You own how much of this horse? A third. There you are. An important third. Listeners, he owns a third of this horse. I will have heard about this horse. It's a no-good Nick horse. Yeah. Doesn't want to race horse. No. Eats a lot. And then Eats this a lot. weekend. She's a lovely, lovely girl, though. Lovely girl. Not the prettiest horse of all time, but doesn't really I think matter. She's incredibly attractive. She's got an inner beauty that you don't appreciate. Just like her father, society's chairman, who my yeah. mate George owned, who did really well as a racehorse, is that, is that always the, is, ran from the back. Is that the guy who runs Leicester City Football Club? <laughs> pretty much. Birthday, <laughs> pretty much. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Uh, anyway, Lady Chairman. Started the race at the back. Race one, Santa Anita Park on Sunday. You can look at it this. online if you... if you. Uh, we'll put it in the newsletter. We should put it in yeah, the newsletter. Definitely. I think a lot of people Starts are really at the interested back. in that. You're not. <laughs> and then comes through and wins at the end by two lengths. It was an amazing, 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 amazing moment. How did Glass you feel when one of your children won something? How did you feel? Uh, the horse, uh, my largest child... Um, I felt fantastic. It was a great, great feeling, Rod. You're going to not have to pay for hay for the next couple of weeks. No, it is. It's, it, it barely pays for the amount of hay it's going to eat for the next month. My regret was it started at 16 to 1, Rog. I didn't have any money on her. Because you don't believe. I had no money on you her. You don't believe. It's the golden rule. You always back your own horse. I didn't back my own horse, Rod. You know what I've come to realise this what? weekend? When you were celebrating kind of feelings that only the great, like the Barry Hearns, Mm-hmm. Have teams winning, horses winning, mm-hmm. ill gains being won. <laughs> ill gains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go Here's ahead. what I realised this weekend. Yeah. Is that what's important in life is not optimism, nor is it pessimism. And what I realise is it's consistency, David. I'm bringing that approach to every second while you can. Because I realise this because I've been wallowing a bit this part. What do you mean? It's important to have a consistently negative approach. Yeah, just to make sure every minute is full of what you want to bring to life. Because I've lost, and you've lost. We've all lost so many Mm. heroes since we last podded. Yeah. Fife Dog. Yeah. Tribe Called Quest. Gary Shanley. Yeah. A hair and comedy hero. Uh Uh-huh. And I think most pertinently for this podcast, David, the great Johan Cruyff. Yeah. That turn. That turn, Roger. A turn so great that the Swedish gentleman that he posterized said that it was one of the highlights of his career and it was an honor yeah. to be so humiliated. Yeah, I've got a picture of it. It's a great um, English photographer. I think his name is Robert Davies, no relation. But he, he takes these pictures from 
uh, great moments, frozen moments from World Cup of Yore, and he sort of blows them up. He takes them off the television screen. And I have a photo of Cruyff close up, sort of just below his neck to just above his knee in the middle of that turn. It's like an... <sighs> abstract expressionist figure it's so amazing oh, but he was he was one of the most graceful players I've ever seen take a field like a chess grandmaster mm-hmm. he did he always seemed to be two or three moves ahead of the rest of the gents on the pitch David Miller yeah. the English journalist called him Pythagoras in cleats yeah. which I love and once he retired he took his mod stylings into management and was the rare genius player who became a visionary manager tactically savvy stubborn Committed to a joyous brand of football. His DNA is embedded in all that's good that's come through Ajax and Barcelona and beyond. As I say, the best book I've ever read about him and the Dutch mentality is David Winner's Brilliant Orange. And I do, in honour of Johan Cruyff, I recommend it to all. What a player. What a loss uh, to the game. To life, though, David. Yes, to life, I I can't wait for the Golden Blazer. Presented by Mini. It's in my diary. I'm going to be there. 24 hours. I know. As we speak, yeah. GFOPs are travelling from all over the country to be together. Yeah, by mule. Yeah, well, a number of them are. Yeah, our Amish fans. One GFOP, the wonderfully named Philip Bupp. He said, just crashed my car on the way to the Golden Blazer. Yeah. Now making my way by train, the most suboptimal journey ever. This uh-huh. the notion of GFOPs coming in. It's very thrilling, yeah. very humbling. Yeah. As is the opportunity to honour someone, David. Yeah. With a golden blazer. Yeah. The most emotional blazer awarded in sports that doesn't take place in a... a cabin. A butler cabin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my word, it's the Masters coming up this weekend as well, Roger. Couldn't be more who excited for that. Who will it be, though, David? Well, I know who it is, so yeah. I, can't, I can't reveal it, but it's very exciting and unexpected. Bob Lee will be yeah, in town. He will be. So will someone who was kind of featured in Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Okay. And there'll be a guest with a familiar English accent. Uh-huh. Show sold out in an hour. But yeah. those of you who don't have tickets <clears throat> can still meet us at the post-show drinks at Brass Monkey. Oh. At about 9.30. Good. It's going to be magic. Yeah, it is going to be magic, Roger. And for those of you coming to this year's Golden Blazer presented by Mini, this year's Damn. event includes, Rog, Men in Blazer's first ever blazer drive. Bring a blazer, suit or sport coat. Someone asked donate. if they could bring a tuxedo. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. To donate to Hope for the Warriors Transition Services Program, which supports the goals of service members, veterans and their families as they move from military careers into professional roles. For those who cannot attend the Golden Blazer, but still want to make a donation of a sport coat, suit, blazer or tuxedo, you can ship it directly to Hope for the Warriors. Send it to the attention of Jennifer Friedel to this address. Hope for the Warriors. 55 Water Street, Concourse Level, New York, New York, 10041. That's Jennifer Friedel, uh, spelt like Brad. We've posted the address on meninblazers.com it's as well. It's a very talented family. Yeah, very talented. Odd segue. Mazeltoff. Yeah. To Katie Nolan. Oh, absolutely. On a two sports Emmy nomination. Yeah. That's three more sports Emmy nominations than we've ever had. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's very, very good. No, it's amazing what Katie has done. Our panic room mate. A panic roomie, uh, Rog. Two nominations. One against some of the biggest studio shows in the business, Rog. Okay, we've got a packed show. We're going to break down the frenetic 1-1 affair between Liverpool and title challengers Tottenham at Anfield. We're going to read another chapter from the newest Premier League novella, Leicester 1. Whoever they play, nil. And we celebrate the use of prop comedy in the relegation scrap between <laughs> Norwich and Newcastle. Plus, we talk El Clasico and the trials and tribulations 
of US soccer. Roger. Oh my god, yeah. that's going to be a dark part of the pod. Yeah, well, it's a half a happy ending, Roger. Okay, to the football, crack open that Guinness, pour it in that glass. I want to raise a glass, David. Yeah, go ahead. It's been a wild and wonderful weekend. It has been. Of hidden pleasures and ginger Uh surprises. Yeah. Not least because the wonderful Arlo White was in our loving arms in Uh Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah. In studio. Yeah, the gingerest of surprises. Filling in. For Rebecca Lowe, yeah. who told me she watched every second with yeah. her feet up on the couch, richly deserved. Hat mm. Don Steele tweeted, With a cup of tea and a bicky. I love me some Arlo White, but I now know how San Diego must have felt when Veronica Corningstone <laughs> replaced Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the inverse Arlo, of that. courage. Courage. Okay, to the football, Rog. We are now between 30 and 32, 38 of the way through the Premier League season. 15 and 16, 19th, Rog. That reduces to... We're beginning to fear the scriptwriters have used up all their best material, (laughs) leaving us with a flaccid ending to this season of seasons, Rog. Flaccid. It is a good word. Very comfortable. I don't like the word kudos, but I love the word flaccid. Yeah. It's just a strange flaccid, the two Cs that's become a soft S. Very interesting. Flaccid. Rog. Okay, Liverpool 1, Tottenham 1. The self-importance of an ageing Johnny Drama versus the rising star power of Vinny Chase. After a scratchy first half, the diminutive Philippe Coutinho, probably doesn't like being called the diminutive Philippe Coutinho, put Liverpool ahead with a smooth 51st minute finish, but just 12 minutes later it was that man, Sir Harry of Kane, who pulled Spurs level with a quick swivel and strike. Spurs fans are left to lament whether it's a point earned or two points drop, Rog. Oh, the Tottenham bandwagon thunders up north to erratic mediocrities, Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. We were chatting about it yesterday. Tottenham are in the present. How They're the man Liverpool wish they were. But it's, Liverpool still act as though they're in the top four. Even though they were, in te- they were in 10th place going into that game. I know they've got some games in hand. But it's, it's the, just bizarre. It is bizarre, David. Particularly against the backdrop of a stat that the English papers took a perverse pleasure in trumpeting mm. before the game, that German Hodor Jurgen Klopp's one draw and loss record after 21 Premier League games, identical to Brendan Rodgers' final 21 wow. Premier League matches at Liverpool. Nine really? wins, five draws, seven losses. That is outstanding research, Roger. A stat that might have something to do with the fact that Jurgen Klopp's playing with Brendan Rodgers' players. Uh, I'd say judge the big man after he's had a chance to reconfigure the squad to his specifications over the summer, giving them all a lot of hugs and then slapped them on the bum and said, no, let's show them. Oh, Spurs began with an intent to deliver an early blow. Danny Rose and Kyle Walker pushing up high on the flanks, giving Tottenham attacking options, numerical advantage in Liverpool's half. Liverpool soaked it up, seemed to want to admire Spurs football in the early exchanges, but then they stepped up. And the game found this odd rhythm of sloppy passing and dire finishing that was so intense, you just couldn't take your eyes you off it. You couldn't take your eyes off it, Rog. I really enjoyed uh, watching this game of football. But it was the 51st minute, Rog, that sort of set the game on fire. Suddenly, Coutinho Sturridge just combined so well. Sturridge, Sturridge plays so well with his back to goal. He really does. And he's got quick feet. means the defenders have to step off him because he can, he can skin them so easily. And they stepped off him, gave him room to pass, gave him room to hit that uh, lane. Back to Coutinho. Uh, Coutinho opened his body. Great finish, actually. Oh, I mean, Coutinho owned Kyle Walker for much of the game. 
and then he celebrated like a bazillion that had come to Liverpool to win English titles. And with that goal, he probably just had done. But it was for Leicester City. But we saw in recent weeks that this Liverpool team, they only seem to take the lead so that they concede it gracefully. And it would take a moment of signature Harry Kane wonder to tie things up, Dave. Yeah, I think we learned a lot about Tottenham here, though. Going a goal down, I think previous Spurs sides might have folded at that point, fearing the title was gone. But Harry Kane, unbelievable. Long ball from Alderweireld. Uh, Ericsson keeps it in. Oh, I think he kept flick. it in. I think he kept it in. Let's just and say then he did. Let's it's just say he kept it in. Flick. And it goes to Harry Kane. And Harry Kane just lets the ball run across him, takes one perfect touch, stops the ball, and turns away from Lovren. Roger, I don't quite know how he lost him that easily. And uh, just put it right he past Mignolet's Love run, though. Yeah. Ooh, to be fair, had been excellent by his standards for the rest of the game. <laughs> by his standards. He brought Kane's misdirection, hook, line and sinker. Yeah. Leaving England's hope and hero to slap the ball past an exposed Mignolet. The mask is gone, mm. but the superhero's cape remains firmly in place. His 22nd goal, the most by any Spurs player, in the Premier League era, there was a moment we joked about it in the first half where Kane sent a good chance the wrong side of the post. Yeah. And he looked up at the heavens in self-disgust, but the way it was lit, Davo, oh. it just caught his face. Oh. And he looked like a saint. He did. A saint. He did, the baby Jesus. <sighs> Liverpool sought to rally. Mm. Every time Coutinho received the ball on the left flank, a whiff of danger filled the stadium. Yet this Liverpool side missed Roberto Firmino. And Lalana faded, Hendo and Milner toiled, mm. and Spurs looked unusually heavy-legged in their attempts to charge forward. Deli Ali, his international break endeavours in particular, yeah. seemed to drain him, and the thrust of Eric Lamella was sorely missed. Some fantastic it was. Fantastic saves, Davo, in yeah. an exhausting climax. Larice, ah, oh, there was one save in the first half where he extended his Inspector Gadget, go-go gadget arms yeah. to keep out a Lalana miss hit. Yeah. And Mignolet, oh, the wrist strength of a champion Flemish onanist. Yeah. Neither team backed down. Mm. And I think that was fascinating about do this. Do they have onanism championships in uh, Belgium? What else are they going to do? Yeah. The intensity of the opening half, David, it never gave up. That's what made it so thrilling. At the final whistle, Pochettino fell to his knees, punched the turf in anguish. Yeah. He was annoyed. Never looked more like Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I'm mm. sure he went back into that locker room and said... Every man at some point in his life is going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he's going to lose. But what makes him a man, Eric Lamella, is that in the midst of that battle, he doesn't lose himself. Yeah. Spurs host Man United on Sunday mm. in what may be a season-defining game for both teams. Well, Liverpool, Davo, they head to Dortmund. Oh, yes, Rog. For a Europa League clash, the German press have dubbed... El Globigo. El Globigo. And German broadcasters, I love this. This makes me so happy. Sport One have decided to dedicate a camera to the Liverpool manager. They're calling it Klopp Cam. Yep. So brace yourself for 90 minutes of Jürgen acting full on Yo Gabba Gabba on the sideline. Win, yep. lose or draw, there will be hugs. Fantastic stuff. So Tottenham falls seven points behind Leicester, Rog. Liverpool... Um, you know, move up a bit in that table. We'll see if they can end up making it into the top six. Uh, but the leaders, 
Leicester 1, Southampton 0 in what's becoming the most predictable result in the Premier League. You predicted it, Rog. The yeah, Foxes. but I got the goal scorer wrong. I said that Robert Hooth was oh, going to get it. Wrong centre. Wrong. How, How wrong I so was. Wrong? The Foxes earned their fourth straight 1-0 win, this time behind a 38th-minute header from that mountain of a man, Wes Morgan. Claudio <sighs> Ranieri's side are now just 12 points from glitching the Premier League title, Rog. Oh, in the week, Sir Alex Ferguson gave Leicester the greatest accolade saying Claudio Ranieri's team remind him of his Manchester United sides. He said they deserve the title. Such a jolly mood of delight and wonder that filled the king power ahead of kickoff. The club's chairman, Mr. Ty Guy with a long name, had his 58th birthday celebrated by giving all fans free beers and donuts. Yeah. Beers and donuts on the yeah. coach on the plane. Yeah. And the fans they even flew a plane with a banner over the stadium, which said, Happy birthday, Mr. Chairman. And I honestly didn't know you could rent that plane to say nice things. Yeah, nobody's ever done that before, Rog. Q pre-game pomp and circumstance. Mm. Ranieri fielded the same team for Leicester as he always does. He's made a league low 25 changes to the starting lineup, which is shocking. Yeah, the Tinker Man as well. And the Foxes began to hit all their notes. You had your old Brighton run, your Kante surge, your Vardy hustle. Robert Hooth did a two-yard header back to his goalkeeper, which elicited a standing ovation from the fans. That yeah. is the king power. They love that. Oh, Southampton tried to sit deep, five across the back, release Mane on the break, which they did on the half hour. Yeah, they did. Mane uh, set up by Pella, uh, Rog, but he just couldn't, couldn't finish it. Couldn't finish it. Had a great chance. Just couldn't do it. The heroic Danny Simpson dive back, probably used his hand. But you, a little bit hand, a little bit elbow to ball. I mean, a couple of Southampton possible penalties, but as we said last week, big clubs like Leicester, yep. they don't get those calls given against them anymore, David. Mm. And just when the sugar high on the free donuts seemed to be wearing off, Leicester struck with their first attempt on goal. Fuchs, lovely ball into the middle, but not the player you really expect to be on the end of it. No, Where's Morgan? Robert Hooth. Yeah, great, great header. Uh, one. Nil to the Foxes. What a story is, David. Yeah. Wes Morgan, 32-year-old, mm. has not missed a minute in this campaign. This after a summer spent representing Jamaica in both the Gold Cup and the Copa America. Mm. He's made a mockery of the claim that modern football has too many tournaments and it exhausts the players. He's been a defensive anchor the whole season long. Southampton brought on Tadic that gave him a new dimension going forward. The game became like a fight between Leicester's Cobra and Southampton's Mongoose. A Mongoose who had power and pace and possession, but couldn't for the life of them find the one good cross they needed to make a difference. The more they attacked, the more vulnerable they were to Leicester's trademark counter. But the couple of times Leicester executed, the impressive force to flung himself at the ball like Clint Eastwood playing an FBI agent. Yeah. Taking the bullet to save the president in in the line of fire. Yeah. Testament to Leicester down the stretch. Even though Southampton needed a goal, it was they that sagged and wilted. They could barely touch the ball. And Kante just never stopped charging at Jonathan Slater. Kante is the Draymond Green of Leicester City. And just look, Jamie Vardy, how hard he works, how hard he runs, how hard he tracks back, how hard he tackles, oh, everything crunchy. about that guy. Amazing, amazing, amazing. At the final whistle, it was again 1-0. The Foxes lead the league with eight 1-0 wins this season. Mm. Five of the last six games have ended that way. They're a team that appreciate the beauty of minimalism. At Kyle Panther 1, updated the Gary Lineker quote about Germany. He said, football is a simple game. 
22 men chase a ball, and at the end, Leicester City wins 1-0. They need 12 more points maximum from the final six games, which yeah. even Arlo White would agree is unbelievable. Sunderland away for them uh, next, then West Ham at home, Swansea at home, Man United away, Everton at home, they can, Chelsea away. They can lose twice and still win, David. Yeah. Is it over? Uh, it's not over. Absolutely not over. One, uh, one loss to Sunderland away this weekend or West Ham at home. And if their rivals uh, keep winning, i got to tell you, it could be close again. In England, there's always talk of a team doing a, quote, Devon Lock, mm. a racehorse who famously and inexplicably, somewhat mysteriously, fell on the final straight when they were 40 yards from the winning post and five lengths ahead in the 1956 Grand National, yeah. one of the biggest races in Britain. But in truth, Davey, this season, stuffed with surprise, it is in danger of becoming incredibly anticlimactic. They are seven points ahead of the field for context. Bayern are just five points ahead in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Barca's La Liga lead is six points ahead. Leicester, mm. they're turning into the English PSG. At hey Max BC says, if Roger Bennett's documentary can't kill off Leicester's title push, just give them the effing trophy and be done with it. Arsenal, Rog, used to be their title to lose. <laughs> Arsenal 4, Watford 0. Arsene Wenger's men exact swift revenge for their FA Cup defeat at the hands of the Hornets. Goals from Alexis Sanchez, Alex Iwobi, Hector Bellerin and Theo Walcott, Rog. See Arsenal creep within four points of Spurs and, and Arsenal fans remind me they have a game in hand. <sighs> Wobbly Arsenal enter the game in the wake of Mesut Ozil's accusation. His team have, quote, screwed up their mm. title chances. Mm. Here they face the FA Cup conquerors Watford. How would they hold up? Well, it took just four minutes to get an answer. Watford hardly had the ball, Davo, never mind the space yeah. to use it before Sanchez put them one up, poking home his own rebound, his first goal at home since October. And then it was the Iwobi show. Yeah, Sanchez returns the favour, gives him the second one. Yeah, this was imperious, confident, dashing Arsenal, Davo, the one that made us all believe back in the naive days of August 2015, which mm. you call the... Arsenal's title to lose era. Oh, do you remember those days, yeah, David? Yeah, it was amazing. Different Arsenal slightly, though, because of Mohamed El Nene driving aggressive scimitar beside Coquelin. But it was always a Wobi charging forward like an eager colt with his tiny socks, which looked child-sized medium. <laughs> Occasionally he makes the wrong decision, but he's always hungry yeah. to impress. And this was against a Watford midfield who seemed to be concerned with just one game of football and one game of football only. Mm. their upcoming FA Cup semi-final. Yeah. What a gem he is. Iwobi spanking the ball past the helpless Gomez, the man who'd said after Watford's FA Cup win that Arsenal looked like a small team. Say about Iwobi, his emergence, David. Mm -hmm. It is a timely reminder of all the positives of Arsene Wenger as a manager. Mm. Talent-spotting youth like him, like Bellerin, like Coquelin. And I guess Arsenal fans are just pray, pray, pray that they use the money that they've saved on developing kids like him and splash out on some of the elite talent that they crave over the summer, the Iscos, the Yarmolenkos, the Benzemas that really fill their dreams. Uh, Hector Bellerin, Theo Walcott, Rog, added a goal uh, at the end. When he grows up, he wants to be a Wobie. It looks so sad. It looks so sad to score a goal, Rog. It does. You know, this win, Dave, talking mm. about sad, to me, it almost makes Arsenal's season sadder. Yeah. Rather than just falling apart and fading, mm. they now experience a season which they started strong. They may finish strong. We're just terrible in the middle. It's somehow more excruciating in terms of what might have been. Yeah. At Vanson, 1990, said it's going to be the worst when Arsenal win out 
and fall one point short of Spurs for the title. <laughs> Dave, I had a fantastic trip back to DC last week. I was on a secret mission with producer J-Dubs and Jen Simons, a trip which included a fruitless search for George Marisam. <laughs> Did feature a wonderful night drinking Guinness at the American Outlaws DC bar with a huge turnout of DC GFOPs, but I've got a name check one, Mark Allen, a remarkable man who unbelievably has got a real Virginia license plate on his automobile with suboptimal written on it. Oh, my goodness. But the big takeaway for me, I need to ask you, it is amazing how many Arsenal fans there are in Washington. Wow. What is it about masochism in our nation's capital? That's interesting. Yeah, Washington's a slightly, a slightly dull town. It's a one-industry town. It's the politics industry. And it's a little bit sleepy, so maybe they need the sort of expressive, artistic release, almost. The, the dominatrix of, spankings. Yes, of that sort of Arsenal flamboyant football in their life to brighten up their lives. If anyone knows, will you let us know? Yeah. We are fascinated. Don't know, Rog. Spankings. OK, talking of spankings, uh, Rog. Man United won Everton nil. A flurry of sophisticated football from United's youth brigade proves the difference at Old Trafford. Marcus Rashford, Timothy Vosu Mensa, and Anthony Martial, who combined are eight years younger than Louis van Gaal, exploited the Everton defence in the 54th minute with Martial capping the move. United just one point behind fourth place Manchester City, Rod. He may be old, but he's down with the kids. It was a lovely moment when Vosu Mensa was about to be subbed in. Mm -hmm. And Alvi just wanders over, calls his name, he looks over. Vosu Mensa gets a fist bump from LVG. Oh, fist bumping. He knows what the kid's like. Yeah. But that was the bright moment in a clash between two teams otherwise plagued by a sense of frustration Mm. and a gnawing sense of what should have been this season. Didn't disappoint. It did live up to its dire billing. United were crap. Everton, crapper. Together, both teams managed three shots on goals combined. God, it was awful, David. Yeah, Rog. Very difficult game to watch, very difficult uh, game to enjoy. Very different game to get excited about. Yeah. As a fan, I've always savoured Everton United games, but this one, it just felt like a lukewarm bath of a game, strangely devoid of emotion running into it. Yeah. And when the ball was in the area at either end of the field, I felt almost nothing. It's like my emotions have been put on mute, David. Yeah. Everton sat back, tried to spring Lukaku. United toiled to set up one of their sweatshops worth of child workers. And then there was just one moment of class that stood out those youngsters rog combining uh rashford 18 years of age yeah sets up vosu mensa 18 years of age then finds 20 year old anthony martial rog the kids the kids took everton apart terrible back post offending i think it was seamus coleman finally some horny horny football though david more children involved in that United goal than in your average 1877 Cars for Kids commercial. Cameras, of, boom, co- boom. Cameras of course, cut to. Oh. Poor Wayne. Yeah. Looking on from the stands. Yeah. Realising that the debate about whether he should start for England is now being reinforced by a new debate. Yeah. Should he make the substitutes yeah. bench for Man United? Oh, let me make this clear. Yeah. A game against Everton should not be the yardstick for that debate. Because Everton are harder to look at than Justin Bieber's new dreadlocks. Yeah. Honestly, we were worse than Darmian's feathery puby lamb chops, mm. which is saying something. And the frustration was compounded for me by the absence of substitutions when we needed an equaliser for so long. Never really looked like conjuring one. One shot on target, three straight Premier League defeats. Leighton Baines post-game asked why they were so limp. 
There's no chemistry between the players. Or he probably said, there's no chemistry between the players. We're maybe leaning too heavily on individuals to come up with something, which is honest but true. That would be Lukaku, Rod. Yeah. I think it's his first name now, want away Lukaku. Yeah. Because worse than watching this turd emoticon of a game is Mm. watching him hate playing for us. Just plainly cannot stand. Well, is that true or does he just... Let me project. Don't take away me projecting. I think he just wants to play Champions League football. Well, that's what he keeps telling everyone who asks him the question. Yeah. Um, He said, leaving Everton in the summer, maybe yes, you never know. I become 23 and would like to play in the Champions League. He's just not that into us, David. Players build careers. They go club to club in stepping stones, working up the food chain. Mm. Fans love one club. We pretend that our players love that club too, but they don't, and I guess they shouldn't. Ever since Lukaku came on our show and I asked him what he dreams about at night and he started to answer and then stopped himself and said, I shouldn't really say. That was the moment. That was the moment, David, that I knew. And the painful thing is Everton Football Club should have earned a top four place this season. They really should have done. But United, to make the top four after such an inconsistent season, is crazy. Mm. They could do it. Like Game of Thrones, what is dead can never die. They are bearing truth to that great joy wisdom. OK, Rog, the other side of Manchester visited the South Coast, Bournemouth, Rog, uh, and they beat them 4-0. Bournemouth <laughs> proves the curse of Rogers alive and well, Rog, good to know. Less than a week after you interviewed Eddie Howe, Bournemouth go down to an imperious sky-blue side. Goals from Fernando, the notorious KDB, Sergio Aguero and Alexander Kolarov. City still in fourth place, Rog. Yeah, this game was like watching the mythical Second World War Polish cavalry charge on horseback Mm. towards German armoured tanks made real. Yeah, the Italians did it too against the Russians. Did they really do it? Because I don't think the Poles actually did it. I think it was just like a ballad. No, I think they did, but the Italians did it against the Russians as well. Oh, way to go. Yeah. What a way to go. Yeah. Poor horsies. Yeah. Like Lady Chairman. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe. We'll see. City have saved some of the best football this season for Mm. fairytale Bournemouth. Beat them 5-1 in the reverse fixture earlier in the season. Four great strikes in this game. Second by Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Magical moment of football tennis, mm. which the ball never touched the ground as it spanned between City players before the Belgians spanked it home. Mm. Less a goal, more a reminder of just how much City's title charge has missed De Bruyne this season. Yeah, oh, absolutely true. City 3-0 up within 19 minutes. Mm. Few things motivate a team more than the possibility of Europa League football, Davey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. And Man City, rather like Arsenal, just makes you a bit sad. You must think that their fans are thinking, what the actual F is going on? What happened to us this season? Yeah, I'm sure the fans are pretty excited still, David, because they are playing Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, PSG. In, in the Champions League quarterfinal on Wednesday. Yeah, big game. A golf state battle. Yeah. Played out between... Two footballing proxies, David. Mm. Uh, David Conn and The Guardian wrote, it's a spectacular reminder of how football club ownership has come to reflect broader global shifts. England's only rep in the competition is owned by one of the Abu Dhabi ruling family. PSG belongs to another tiny rival Gulf state, Qatar. They proper mm. hate each other. It's yeah. going to be amazing. It is going to be fantastic, Rog. Uh, West Ham to Crystal Palace. Two, a ball-on-a-string free kick from Frenchman Dimitri Payet. Stole the plaudits in this London derby. Uh, the draw, I'd actually, I, I, the goal was so impressive, I forgot it was actually a draw. The draw sees West Ham slip to sixth, two points behind United and three behind City. Palace, meanwhile, earned just their second point of 2016. They're just seven points clear of the drop, Rog. Oh, 
Just before kickoff, I'd read an article that many GFOPs had sent me from Slate about how nipple-assisted orgasms, or nipplegasms, yeah. the doctors call them, an orgasm delivered by nipple stimulation alone. Mm. Where were you reading this, Rog? On Slate.com. Okay. okay. And then that Piet free kick, David. Yeah. It's the ultimate nipplegasm of a goal, if yeah. I've ever seen one. Mm. How did he do it? I, well... How does he do it? Creative visualisation, Rog. CGI? Born. No, not CGI. Creative visualisation. He's got to see it. And it's born from the repetition of continuous practice, Rog, to be that technically good. I think there's a West Ham steward using an Xbox paddle that controls the flight of the ball. Yeah. It's the only logical... A little joystick. If you've not seen it, it's two yards outside the box. There's an eight-man wall. The ball appears to be going wide by about four feet, but then it knuckles like a Tim Wakefield pitch. It just yeah. finds the top corner. The corner the goalkeeper was covering, David. I he mean, gives up. He doesn't even move. A Piet free kick. Do you remember the summer? What year was it? Like 1998, when Sammy Sosa and Mark Maguire were all hepped up on drugs. What are you saying? And they were just smacking home run after home run. Uh-huh. And whenever they'd come to the plate in a game, you would watch... Like the whole, I remember being in Chicago, walking to a bodega, hot night, Sammy Sosa on a tiny television came into the plate. Uh-huh. The whole of Chicago stopped. It was uh, must You love see a bodega. ...television. That's what a Payette free kick is. It's yeah. like a Thierry Henry free kick, a Beckham in his pump free kick. Yeah. Electric buzz anticipation. The thing that's fascinating, how he uses the wall to his advantage, David. Yeah. The wall becomes his friend and the goalkeeper's enemy. That's interesting. I'd almost put 10 blokes across the face of the goal. Forget I the thought of that. They'd have to jump up in the air and head the ball. Yeah. He'd just be aiming for a sliver of the goal at the top. He'd pick, yeah. he'd pick out the Okazaki or the Riziki or whatever yeah, and just exactly. slam it. Over the small. Foiled again, Bennett. Game ended 2-2, courtesy of two gifts to Palace. Their opening goal, a howler by Adrian. Then a sending off, generous decision from Mark Clattenburg. Kuyate, probably not really a red card yeah, tackle. Yeah, not at all. West Ham's defenders then floundered to deliver the ball to Dwight Gale's feet. The lightweight striker managed to find the net for the first time since January 2000. And 15. And Crystal Palace's bleeding has been staunched, at least temporarily, David. Yeah, a very important point for them, Rog. And a gutter of a point for West Ham. While their fellow top four aspirants, Arsenal, Man City, won dominantly, and even Manchester United in their kind of crap stylistics, the hammers wobble. In the biggest game of the weekend. Well, yes, sort of. Had my horse not been running, Rog. Aston Villa (laughs) nil. Chelsea four, Rog. Villa's first game since the departure of manager Remy Gard sees them mowed down by a youthful Chelsea squad that includes American Matt Miazga. Goals from Ruben Loftus-Cheek, debutant Alexandra Pato and two from Pedro. Villa could officially be relegated next weekend and every single Chelsea player who I just mentioned might not be there next season <laughs> with the announcement that Conte is coming to take over and who knows who he's going to buy next year. Relax, it was only Villa. David. I'm not, I, was, I never got that I excited about it. This is a rotten... You know what's a rotten borough? Remember what a rotten borough is? Is that villages that got too small that they no longer could vote. <laughs> they, they, they no longer could send a member of a parliament. It's a rotten borough. It's a rotten borough, Chelsea. There's no... They can't win anything. They can't lose anything. I guess they could get into the Europa League. We've already won that. We don't need to be in that again. There's no point to the rest of the season. <sighs> Chelsea are a rotten borough. And these players... Villaby. They're playing to impress... No, Well, they're going down. They're playing to impress no one, these Chelsea players. There's, there is a, a, a manager who's not going to be there. There's no point to this. There is no point to Chelsea, Rog. Well, let us mourn. Yeah. 
one who's left us all too fleetingly, Remy Gard, fired after spending just 147 days at the Premier League's bottom club, winning only two of their 20 league games. As JW told me, I don't think we saw him smile once. <laughs> no, not once. I don't think we saw a Remy Gard smile. Villa, once proud club in tatters, players do not seem to care less. I read an article this week mm. about how scientists have gone into a cave in Thailand and discovered a blind fish that walks like a land vertebrate, mm. which pretty well describes how the Villa squad approached this game, Davey. From a Chelsea perspective, this was the game. Gus Hiddink unleashed the kids. Loftus Cheek, mm. Kennedy, and 20-year-old pride of Clifton, New Jersey. Yeah. Matt Miazga. Yeah, Matt Miazga. Played well, actually. Yeah. You know, in certain lights, Dave, looked a bit like Vladimir Putin to me. But I don't see that. You mentioned that to me before. Yeah, certain angles. Yeah. Certain lights. Look okay. at him. He definitely showed he can handle certain calibre of football championship, I guess, against Villa. Yeah. Uh, with their seven losses in a row, no goals in four games. But there was a fantastic moment. We showed it on the Men in Blazers show last night when Louis Remy limped off. Yeah. And Chelsea just momentarily turned into the island of misfit strikers. Yeah. Alexandra Pato, they've bought, <laughs> he hasn't played at all, comes on. He, look, he looks like Series 1 not Charlie the, and Girls. And he's not going to be there next season either. He's he got, comes he's, on. He's got the Danny Simpson tattoo. Yeah. He's an extraordinary looking man. Doesn't look like any other professional footballer I've ever seen. I don't know why, but he just doesn't have a face of a professional league footballer. Pies. And uh, he comes on and the cameras immediately find poor Radamel Falcao. Rod. Sad Falcao. Oh, sad Falcao. Cheer up, Falcao. Yeah, he could be playing for Villa. $199,000 a week. Life is hard. One minute, I know you're listening, Radamel. You're drumming in the biggest band in the world. Mm. The next... You're making shoe commercials for sketches. <laughs> as, as for Ringo Starr. Yeah. So for Radamel Falcao. Yeah. I don't, have you seen that sketches commercial? Yeah, I have. I want to know what marketing meeting they're in where they thought, who's our demo? Yeah. Who can attract that demo? Mm. Get me Ringo Starr. The same marketing team, Rog, that decided that the most attractive <laughs> athlete in sports was Matt Kuchar. <laughs> GFOPs who are listening. Mm who look down at their feet and see on them a pair of sketches. Yeah. Can you email us? Meninblazers at gmail.com. Just explain. Why? Because I know certain fish yeah. are attracted by a certain kind of bait. Just explain to us. I yeah. need to know. Ringo Starr, discuss. Sketches, why? We'd like to know. On roll, Pato. Yeah. Slapped a penalty pass. Still trying, Brad Guzan. Yeah. Oh, Brad, the look on his face when he concedes a goal. Yeah. He is the one goalkeeper in the world who's even more unfortunate than Scott Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro, Pedro scored twice, Roger. Little Pedro. <laughs> uh, talk about broken toys. There was bigger news, though, Davo, down at the bridge. Mm. New leader. Yeah. It's son of Mourinho, Rog. It's like son of Godzilla. Even crazier than Mourinho. Uh, Antonio Conte, Rog. Three-year contract worth yeah. $7 million a season. Yeah. Chelsea have a new manager for the players to undermine and leak yeah. to the press that they want sacked. Yeah. Roman Abramovich's 10th different manager. Mm. How are you feeling? Only 10. Um, I mean, I said to you before the podcast, like, I think the maximum amount of time I see him staying is a year and a half. I think the minimum, I could see it all blowing up two months in. So and two optimistic. months in would take optimistic, us... Then. Two months in, seeing as he's not joining until after the Euros, two months in would pretty much be 
during the first two weeks of the season. Therefore, this is the glass half full approach. No, it is honestly. I don't. This isn't glass half full. Um, it is not glass half empty. It is just being realistic about the management and the owner of Chelsea Football Club. He is. You could imagine that Antonio Conte's Italy have a terrible European Championships, and Antonio Conte never ends up coming to Chelsea. Anything is possible with this Russian. Oh, he could, Anything he could be is looking possible. at his television and say, get me that man from the sketches commercial, the one with the drums. Yeah. I want him to manage yeah, And we'll have Kucha playing, uh, playing it back with Miazga. Oh. I don't know. How do you get attached to any of Chelsea's players anymore? We don't know who's going to be there. Uh, it doesn't seem like the club is messaging to anybody uh, that they're in their long-term plans. Uh, except apparently for Juan Cadrado, who was terrible when he was at Chelsea last year, who seems to be the, the first person on, on Antonio Play, Conte's list to come. better in stripes, David. Yeah, exactly. Conte is a man... Maybe will, they'll change the shirts to stripes, Rog. We'll see. On the bright side, Conte is a man who will fill the quota of foreign managers with midlife crisis hair transplants. Yeah. A slot that's been open since poor old Dick Advocat departed mm. these shores. It's also a bloke who'll inject discipline, intensity and organisation qualities Chelsea yeah, that worked. Lacked. yeah that worked that, that managerial style worked really well at Chelsea this season I love this quote from Andrea Perlo who described his famous volcanic temper as follows when he talks his words assault you they crash through your mind often quite violently mm. and settle deep within he sounds like producer Lexi then <laughs> good luck good luck Matt Miaska. Lexi hasn't even cracked a smile at that. Stoke, two. Swansea, two. The Swans come back from two goals down at the Britannia thanks to goals from Icelander Giffy Sigurdsson and Italian Alberto Poloski. The Swans looking safe. Ten points from the drop zone. Stoke, meanwhile, sit in eighth. Stoke seed a two-goal lead and probably more painfully for them. Mm. The Europa League spot may now be beyond their grasp. Mm. Sunderland, nil. West Brom, nil. A game absolutely no one was swiping right on. West Brom fails to record a shot on target for the seventh time this season. They've somehow accumulated 40 points, though. Sunderland currently sit in 18th, four points from safety. Sam Allardyce said this week, I think I need to go back to church and start praying or something like that. Mm. Of Sunderland's chances. Yes, Sam, that is exactly how theology works. Perhaps the game of the weekend, Rog. Uh, also from the nether regions of the table, Norwich 3, Newcastle 2, a relegation zone scrap that made us laugh, it made us cry, it made us glad we don't have to mark Stephen Naismith on corners. Each side, <laughs> desperate for points, exchanged two goals over the course of 90 minutes. But three minutes into injury time, Martin Olsen hammered home a goal that could end up granting Norwich Premier League clemency. Oh, in the early going, the highlight was Stephen Naismith, David. Mm. Brazenly caressing Yamat's testes. Yeah. Whilst killing time, mm. waiting for a corner. Gave him a flick. You know how that is. You're bored. Yeah. You're just killing time. Yeah. Fantastically brazen ball control mastery from Lazy. Mm. Yeah. Every time I think I love him as much as I can another man, he just demands more of my affection. <laughs> <laughs> but then on the brink of half time, Judge Ivor Bennett time. Mm. Scenes. Robbie Brady with the ball in, uh, Rog. And Tim Closer. Another hair helmet. Yeah, heads it in. Oh, what a season-defining transfer he's been. Came in January, and in the last four games, with him at the bat, Leaky Norwich have just conceded three. I mean, it was Newcastle then. Fantastic, David. Your favourite. Kept trying to get them back in the game. Yeah, Mitrovic, Rods. The Serb uh, came on. Yeah, gets on the end of an Andros 
Townsend ball. Rog heads it in. Yeah, his joy short-lived. 130 seconds later, mm. Mbakani spanked the ball home yeah. with just a sheer exuberance. Yeah, he whacked it. But it takes more than that to keep Mitrovic down. Yeah, uh, they win a penalty at the other end. Mitrovic... Perez. Flicking the ball against O'Neill as Norwich yeah. try to fling themselves through the relegation moon door. Yeah, and Mitrovic steps up, takes the penalty, celebrates, keeps his shirt on, <laughs> which is fortunate for multiple reasons. But there would be more Norwich trundled up the field. Yeah, ball falls to Martin Olsen after an aborted overhead kick. Well, it wasn't really aborted, it just was an unsuccessful overhead overhead kick from Robbie Brady. Uh, ball falls to Martin Olsen and the Swede just smashes it, smashes it in, Rog. What emotions, what drama in complete inverse proportion to the quality of the football at GNavis103 tweeted, the salt is real. We're staying up, chanted Norwich supporters at the final whistle and it's looking a sure and surer things after seven points from their last three games. Look at the Norwich City Twitter feed for the behind the goal shot of their fans. There was an incredible amount of Norwich City tattoo bicep kissing going on that night. Yeah, well, the way it was covered on British TV, Rod, uh, on Sky Sports, even better. Where you can't watch the game, but you can watch Jeff Stelling and Paul Merson <laughs> watching, telling you what's happening. It just was remarkable. We showed that on our TV show uh, last night. You can find that on the Apple noise TV. The comes out of Jeff Stelling. He's like an English Chewbacca. So, so good, Rod. Okay, El Clasico. Rod, some quality football now. Barcelona 1, Real Madrid 2, an 85th minute winner from Cristiano Ronaldo. Rod caps off a thrilling game of football. The result ends Barcelona's unbeaten run of 39 matches. Barca are still six points clear of second place Atletico Madrid and seven clear of Real Madrid. Oh, Real summon the courage to win after being reduced to 10 men once Sergio Ramos received his predictable Red card, 21st of his career. Well played, Mm. mate. Ronaldo scored the winner. Yes, he can strike big goals in big games, naysayers. Powered them to come back and win 2-1, ending Barcelona's unbeaten streak of 34 straight home games, which started February 21, 2015. The result doesn't mean much in terms of changing the fate of the title, but it was massive for powerballed Zinedine Zidane, cemented his hold on the job and thank God because he looked fantastic in a stunning electric blue overcoat I think it was cashmere throughout the game Paul Questel tweeted great effort from Real considering that they took the field without their three best players Kane, Ali and Marcus Rashford I did love the Real Madrid post-match locker room team photo the entire Real Madrid squad posed in their sweaty jerseys and Ronaldo somehow posed bottom left in just a crisp fresh, pristine white loincloth, <laughs> a posing pouch, and he just kind of glistened. He was perfectly oiled up. Yeah. I wonder how that happens, David. Is he just like, lads, yeah. hold on a minute, mm. as a lighting team just sets up quietly and quickly to make sure his nipples aren't caught in shadow. Yeah. Oh, who was MVP of the game, though, David? Oh, Ray but, Hudson, Rog. Ray Hudson. Undoubtedly. Mm. I mean, he told me after the game he was struggling with flu, but when Luis Suarez missed an open goal... And up shouts Fluey Ray calling the whiff. A Donald Trump haircut of a finish. God, he's magisterial. He really is. The amount of people I've had who don't like soccer who watched El Clasico 
just for that man, it is astounding what he does for football in this country. Talking about football in this country, MLS, Seattle Sounders earned their first points of the season this weekend, defeating Montreal uh, 1-0 behind a 79th minute Clint Dempsey goal. The Sounders Cascadia rivals Portland fell to Eastern Conference pace setters, undefeated Orlando City 4-1 Sunday night. An absolute screamer from Brexhay in that one. Fantastic goal. Rog, you're set to speak with Los Angeles Galaxy's Jossie Zardes for an oh. MLS pod special, special, oh. special. Wow. That we're, wow. we're going to be dropping that this Thursday. Oh. Okay, on to the Ravens. Our first Raven is from at Porque Jorge Porque George. Watching US soccer fall apart on all fronts over the past two weeks. Is this what being an England supporter feels like? Well, oh. let me just say, Britain can't even go to the Olympics. So we'll talk about the men fine, in a minute. Rog. First, the women. Five leading active players sue US soccer for wage inequality. Lawsuit timed at the apex of US women's national team power and close a hope to the nadir of the US men's national team. What do you think of that, David? I don't think there's anything suspicious about the timing. I think it's something that's been building. Uh, I think the U.S. soccer did not react quickly enough after the women uh, won the World Cup. It broke all the television records uh, for a soccer game in this country. Um, And I'm not surprised the women are unhappy about it. I mean, as we've discussed, Rog, they fly coach, they play on terrible fields, they get paid peanuts... Uh, and they're not treated with enough respect. I mean, the lawsuit's a result of a team and a women's game, really, that have matured since the ponytail days of the 99ers. Men's player receives $5,000 for a loss in a friendly match, as much as $17,625 for a win against a big opponent. A women's player receives $1,350 for a similar match, but only if they win, they don't get money for losses or ties. I'll say what Becky Sauerbrunn, Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, the wonderful Megan Rapino, and Hope Solo are doing off the field in 2016 may shape the future of the game even more than what they achieved on it in 2015. Mm. And I'm taking my daughter to the game in Philadelphia this Sunday. Yeah, against Columbia. Wait to watch some quality football. But on to the men, David, because the international break was long and full of terrors. Yeah. Guatemala, David, 95th yeah. rank. Yeah. Los Chapines. Yeah, after the 2-0 oh. loss in the away fixture, uh, Rog, they came home and they phew, dispatched uh, them pretty handily. Yeah, but we had four days, fretful days, spent staring down the barrel mm. of the no World Cup gun, David. Yeah. After watching the single worst 45 minutes I've seen of a US international team, it was like the jersey is making players that can play football just lose their confidence like England well that's like to. England yeah. yeah I mean it was it was like watching the worst United performance under LVG mm. Will Cheney at one change said the only thing that takes the bitter sting out of that loss is that Hitler had the tiny mutilated micro penis <laughs> hashtag never forget yeah and on to the game of destiny I say I was so nervous before this game I mean we've all seen this in the last cycle with a wobble against Jamaica but this felt different all of the signs felt dark the gold cup debacle Confederations Cup playoff loss to Mexico savage streak of conceding first the bruises left by the tactically chaotic loss and the resulting fear of 87 year old striker Carlos Ruiz who must have felt like Michael Keaton after Birdman in terms of a sudden career rejuvenation there was a real fear of a damp squib before kickoff, David that Jürgen would prove to be the Mad King Eris the second Targaryen and this would be a team on the brink of Gotterdammerung 
to not qualify for the World Cup. Amazing. How far would that set the game back? Yeah, don't answer that question. Well, particularly in this <laughs> round, in the, in, the, in the middle round of qualifying, Rog, <sighs> uh, not, uh, not anywhere near the end. I don't know. Look, Rog, I think part of this, yes, we can talk about the weight of the shirt. We can talk about the team not playing well. But some of this, a lot of this, is also about the improvement across the CONCACAF region and about the teams they're playing getting better. It's very which competitive. Which is what MLS has done. They, have, they play in Absolutely. MLS now and it's professionalised so much of the talent that's there. But Guatemala, David, how yeah. could I have felt so nervous, mm. so wanting to believe, but still scarred by the past game? whole country felt like Arsenal fans do every week. Mm. I slapped a pair of depends on for this game. I did. It was football without a safety net. Bob Lee came on the TV. It felt calming. He's like our nation's dad. Yeah. His voice like a Jurgen Klopp cuddle. Taylor Twelman, though, mm. he was amped. He was stoked. His energy sent my pulse racing. Ian Dark calmed me down again. Great Uncle Ian. But then they showed a close-up of Brad Guzan in goal, and I just lost complete control of my faculties. Mm. I was a human mess before kickoff, Davey. Game was great, though. Yeah. Carl Beckerman mopping up, 4-3-3, Zuzi Bradley hunting like striped hyenas, mm. exhale. Zardes, two avant-garde assists. Neither that he knew anything about. But it was Clinton Drew Dempsey, like Clint Dempsey of old, swooping down. It was a Frank Lampard-esque goal, really. Twitter screamed, Clint Dempsey should keep playing for the US into 2018. Yeah. That, to me, he'd only keep playing out of weakness, David. Mm. But they huffed and they puffed. Yeah. With endeavour, without true precision. It was all a bit Liverpool. Yeah. They play triangles that become straight lines. This is not a team, let's say, for whom first touch is a respected quality. And then you, you ask yourself, how do they lose so badly and then win so dominantly? For me, the only answer is CONCACAF, in which logic and rationale are just words like Antigua and Barbuda or St. Kitts and Nevis. What yeah, without a doubt. Look, I do think that the big change, KB5 playing alongside... Uh, Michael Bradley in midfield, release Michael Bradley. It makes him so much more effective uh, with, uh, with our mate Carl Beckerman playing, uh, <sighs> playing with him. I thought that was a big change. Also, the change he made in the centre of defence. Steve Birnbaum, yeah. Jewish Messi, mm. looked at ease, which is not given for a US centre-back, the spinal tap drummer of international football. And Pulisic, what yeah. a cameo. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. No one does. Yeah. He said it four different ways, I think, in a yeah. round again. There's a cameo role that allows yeah. you to dream again in the style of let America be the dream the dream has yeah. dreamed. For me, though, Davo, it was a comb-over equivalent of a victory. Problems still there for the US. We've just got more time to sort them out. Graham Parker summed up the stench left behind by the performance when he wrote in The Guardian, the team feels as if it exists in a permanently provisional state. Yeah, look, this group, I'm confident they're going to qualify for the Hex, but this group isn't over yet. It's one of the things in a four-team group with one team that are very weak that everybody's beating, it keeps it all alive. This could still go down to the final game for the US at home against T and T. We'll the big, see. biggest lasting stain of the experience is on Jürgen, who many believe has been left exposed and is fast running out of excuses. There's also damage to the brand of US soccer, which felt aspirational after the World Cup and is now faltering a little and clad in children's pyjamas. God, mm. those jerseys. Bright spots. U.S. soccer remains unbeaten in Columbus. I think the U.S. should play every game there, like American Wembley, with better sausage. And then that night, the dark cloud, the under-23 lost to Columbia, in yep. which the U.S. managed one shot on goal over two legs. I am Kendall said, watching the U.S. men's Olympic team, it's kind of like watching Everton, hopeful 
disappointment. We missed two straight Olympics in men's soccer for the first time in 48 years, David. Yeah, look, they were outplayed by a better team across two legs. There's no doubt in my mind that Colombia just are a better team. They've got better, younger players coming through. I know the under-17s had a very good uh, win in, uh, in their tournament in the last couple of weeks. You mock England in the question. Yeah. You've got to talk about the miracle of Berlin. Oh, well, that was amazing. Uh, England went to Germany uh, and won their fantastic performance. It wasn't just the win. It was the nature of it being a comeback win, the nature of the goals, the nature of the way England played. Rog, you said to me the other day, and I thought it was so true, so many likeable players playing for England, a team that you don't like particularly, but very, very likable guys. Most likable team since the 1990s, and that in itself is a small victory. Yeah, it's really fun watching them play uh, football. Then, of course, they host Holland the, a few days later and they, uh, and they managed to blow that one. But a very, very encouraging signs for England. By the way, I think the loss after the Vardy goal, a throbbing Vardy goal against Holland, is probably the best thing they could have done mm. to quell the drum-beating hysteria that would have bellowed as they edged closer to France. But Kane, Vardy, Deli Alley, this brave new future. England, who used to be all Arsenal and Manchester United players, they're now all what, Davey? Leicester Liverpool. City. Yeah. And Spurs. Yeah, and Liverpool. Yeah, Danny Rose starting versus Germany meant 11 out of the last 19 England debutants yeah. have done so well managed by Mauricio Pochettino. have to say, Deli Alley, unbelievable performance against Germany. He was oh. so good in that game. In a pair of England pyjamas with his number 10 on it, which used to be Wayne Rooney's number. Poor Wayne must have had feelings. And the player most missed, uh, I would say, in the performance against Holland was the direwolf, Rog. Eric Dyer just sitting in front of uh, those central defenders just releases England's fullbacks to go and play genuinely attacking football. No doubt we'll get to the Euros and we'll be selecting Phil Jones at right back, though. Okay, Rog, the winner of the coveted Guinness Men in Blazers poet, philosopher, soccer scribe, Raven of the Week is Brian. I love people who go by one name, like Prince. Yeah, very true. Or Kaka. Or Ronaldo. Or Xavi. Yeah. Yeah, gentlemen, I have a problem. When I told my wife a couple of weeks ago that I was going to shave my head, shave it, mind you, to put an end to a ludicrous multi-generational father-to-son comb-over tradition. My wife objected. She said that my bald head would scare her and the kids. My wife is from Argentina and claims that any self-respecting Argentine would have a hair transplant. She should know, since she was once the secretary at a transplant clinic in her hometown of Mendoza. She said that she could get me in her old clinic on the cheap and that I should fight this thing and that balding is not, in fact, natural and is mostly due to poor scalp irrigation. I love my wife. I would love to visit her family in Mendoza. Should I sacrifice my own pride and give in to her wishes? Or should I remind her of Cambiasso, Mascherano and the other proud Argentinian balds? No, that's too easy. I know which side you'd both come down on. But what if a trip to Mendoza hung in the balance? Mm. My wife won't even consider the expense of the trip if I don't also take care of my hair problem. I, I think, I think this is uh, this is a cry for help. I think what Brian wants us to say is it's okay. It's okay. You can still be a GFOP. You you can still love us. We will still love you, even if you have a hair transplant. You don't even need. I thought that same. A maybe true story about an Argentinian wife. Can I just jump off on one for a second? Yeah. News to me, the mm. balding is down to poor scalp irrigation. Because <laughs> I thought it was just down to making love to anteaters. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe that was just in my case. What a raven, though. Ugh. What a dilemma. Because for me, Brian, well, he's given us his fate, his marriage in our hands. Yeah. Versus being true to himself and not being a bald denier. Yeah. He's placing marital bliss against personal integrity. Mm. 
this is the kind of unspiraling life or death drama that Arthur Miller would have written a play about, David, in the old days. Where yeah. did you come down on this? Look, ultimately, I think it's okay. We understand. We still love you. You can still love us, even with a hair transplant. And it's okay. Go ahead. If you feel this is what makes you comfortable and makes your life and your marriage and makes your wife and your kids happy, go and do it and go with God. The only thing, just look into before you do it. Just look into how healthy it is to have a bunch of whatever it is that they put into your head up there in Mendoza. stuck into your uh, scalp in Mendoza. Just look into it for us. Oh, I have a slightly different approach to this question, yep. Dave. And this is going to sound a bit harsh, mm. but I honestly think you're <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I, I do think you need to talk through these kinds of critical things, to be honest. Religion, mm. number of children you both want, sexual appetite. Mm. and your position on Argentinian hair transplants mm. before you get married. Because reading between the lines, and like you romancing the notion of the streets of Mendoza paved with Malbec, it makes me think you have decided you're going to go ahead and do it. You're trying to sell yourself on the hair yeah, transplant. I do, yeah. I think you're going to get it, Brian. I think the trip's already booked. I think you'll enjoy it. I think your wife will reward you for yeah. a short period of time. Hello. But sometime down the road, it could be months, it could be years, you'll look at yourself in the mirror and you'll see yourself with that exotic bird feathering they kind of inject into your cranium. Uh-huh. And you're just going to suddenly feel like David Byrne at the mm. end of Once in a Lifetime. And you'll ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? And you may tell yourself, my God, what have I done? Brian, I'll be there for you when you need me, mate. Your weekend looks like this. Is that harsh? No, it's good. I like it. Right. <laughs> your weekend looks like this, courtesy of Mini USA. West Ham versus Arsenal, 7.45am, that's on Saturday. Sunderland versus Leicester, 8.30am on Sunday. Tottenham versus Man United, the game of the weekend. Actually, West Ham Arsenal is going to be a good game too. 11am Sunday, all those games are on NBCSN. Oh, I can't wait. And in MLS, uh, all these games on Sunday. Houston Dynamo versus Seattle Sounders, 4pm Eastern Time on ESPN. A doubleheader on Fox Sports 1. NYCFC versus Chicago Fire at 7pm Eastern. LA Galaxy versus the Portland Timbers at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. There are many ways to connect to us. One is our Amazon Emporium, which helps get the show going anytime you go on Amazon Fridays, big or small. Just click off the Emporium page. Men in Blazers gets a tiny percentage. It allows us to cover the cost of creating the show. What are you putting in the Emporium this week, Roger? A book. Draplin Design Company. Pretty yeah. much anything by Aaron James Draplin. The bushy-bearded, Portland-based cult figure in the design world. A one-man brand and logo machine. Renowned for the work he's done with the Field Notes brand of notebooks, Sub Pop, Red Wing, Target, Burton Snowboards, President Obama. The Technicolor book, oh, it is magic. It's a creative inspiration to flick through. Part biography, part exquisite design scrapbook, part philosophical examination of design in the social media age. One day, Davo, one day Men in Blazers national team will do a football kit that he'll design the logo for, and everything in my world will momentarily feel okay. I love those field notes notebooks. Okay, Rog, uh, just came back from my uh, spring training golf trip down in Keogh Island, South Carolina. Took my daughter down, worked on her swing, worked on my swing. You know what I found out, Rog, about my golf swing? That it's not as good as your daughter's. Yeah, well, I did find that out. Also... My right hand, Rog, is way too active in my golf swing. I know there are other GFOP golfers, JW's nodding, other uh, GFOP golfers who have the same thing. I found, I found a new hack for this, JW. Rog isn't even looking at me or listening, but I found a new hack for this, JW. 
These new grips, the Golf Pride Decade Multi-Compound MCC Plus 4 Midsize Grip, it does not taper the way that a normal grip does. It's thicker on your bottom hand. It takes the right hand out, means your left hand for a right-handed golfer gets more active, helps me get on plane, helps me get through the ball, helps me compress the golf ball more. They're beautiful, they're sticky. It is the Golf Pride Decade Multi-Compound MCC Plus 4 Midsize Grip. They're only $11.48 each, Rog. Oh, sounds like what Stephen Naismith was looking for. In yeah, yeah very, very true. They're tacky. They come in lots of attractive colors. Uh, they've got them in gray on Amazon. You might not need the midsize. You might just need a standard. Don't know how large your hands are, uh, Rog. If you've got Donald trump size hands, I don't know if they make a miniature version uh, for you. But a mid, the, the, not, the non-taper, very, very important, Rog. I saw your daughter's golf swing on your Instagram. Yeah. Reminded me of a young me. <laughs> really? That terrifies me, Rog. I'd like to see your golf swing. Can we please go out and get your golf swing on Instagram? Yeah. I'd love that. It's fantastic. Okay, Rog. Uh, other ways to connect to us. The club goes about 350 yards. <laughs> you can now watch entire episodes of our crap TV show on NBC Sports Live Extra, oh, Apple Sheamus. TV and Roku. How good was Seamus this he week? He was good. He was good, especially. He's a fantastic human being. Yeah, he hit me so hard, Rog. I'm still recovering. Oh, I love it's that. It's also up on our website, meninblazers.com. Also on meninblazers.com, a place to sign up for our newsletter, The Raven, which will be produced with our partner, Guinness. We've got a Spotify account, men underscore in underscore blazers, meninblazers.wikispaces.com forward slash a wonder of the modern world. We're on Twitter, at meninblazers, at Rog Bennett, at Embassy Davies, on Instagram, at Men in Blazers, at Embassy underscore Davies. Uh, we got a Facebook. we got a subreddit, meninblazers.reddit.com, maintained by GFOPs, Akshay, Calvin, and Alex. Mm. You can always send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. You can always email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Rog, Fenderpunked. Warpig. Who wants to sex Matombo? Live in the dream. Live in the nightmare. Take that, Gloria. Is that your analysis? To tweet. Abrogado, rock on, mate. Kung Fu fight in America. Love you, Davey. Love you, Rog. I've got the golden blazer tingling.